Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. And in this daily editorial, we are introducing a new company to the show. The company was listed a little over a year ago, early 2021. The company is called Zacatecas Silver, traded on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol ZAC and on the OTC under the symbol ZCTSF. We are chatting with the president and CEO, Brian Salarchuk. Now, Zacatecas is gold and silver exploration in Mexico. We'll go through two of them here is the Zacatecas silver property as well as the Esperanza gold project. Now, Brian, let's start off high level on these assets, starting with the Zacatecas project. Take us through where this is in Mexico and where the project stands in terms of some prior work, whatever has been done, please. Absolutely. And it's a pleasure to be on talking about Zacatecas Silver. As you mentioned, we came to trade approximately one year ago, and it's been a very busy year on the ground. The technical team really hit the ground running, getting drill permits in place on the Zacatecas Silver projects, commencing a drill program, doing some great drilling in an area of the property called Panuco. We put out our initial resource estimate uh, at Panuco, and that came in around 16 million ounces, grading in the neighborhood of 175 grams per ton silver. Within it, there was a higher grade zone, just over 5 million ounces, north of 225 grams per ton. And what has happened since on the drill program is that the team led by Dr. Chris Wilson has identified an area north of Panuco. And in this Panuco North area, we've started to get some exceptionally high grades. The discovery hole in the area graded 2.17 meters at 823 grams per ton silver equivalent. We followed it up recently with a hole, again, in the several hundred gram per ton range. Right now, we're drilling around the clock in this Panuco North area, following up on this high-grade silver discovery. So far, and it's very early days, Panuco North looks to be higher grade than the Panuco resource itself. We're starting to string together some really nice strike during this drilling at Panuco North, and more assays are expected very imminently here. Now, outside of this Zacatecas silver project where we're drilling, and of course this is in Zacatecas, Mexico, we've recently announced a transformational transaction for the company, acquiring the high-grade and advanced stage Esperanza project from Alamos Gold. And through this transaction, Alamos has become the largest shareholder of Zacatecas. Esperanza has had in the past 70,000 meters of drilling on it. It had a resource that at one time was 43101 compliant. A preliminary economic assessment was done on the back of that. Now that we've been in the midst of acquiring the project. We've got to treat these numbers as historical, but one of the goals is to bring these back into compliance. In the past, this project, and it's a high-grade 
oxide gold situation, this project had historically approximately 1.22 million ounces gold equivalent at 1.11 gram per ton. And again, this is oxide gold at surface. So that puts it into uh, the category of being one of the highest grade oxide gold projects anywhere out there having uh, an M&I resource north of a million ounces that is at the development stage. So we're just really uh, pleased with this transaction. We're pleased that Alamos has become our largest shareholder, joining the likes of Eric Sprott on our roster of shareholders. And what this does is it gives us, of course, in addition to our silver project, where we've had some great exploration success, high-grade silver in Zacatecas, we now have an advanced stage gold project being the Esperanza project. Well, Brian, that's a great summary of both projects, the Zacatecas Silver Property and the Esperanza Gold Project, and it gives investors a lay of the land of why you're excited about both projects. Let's focus on some of the work that you're going to be doing this year and, and maybe following up on work you did last year. So at the Zacatecas Silver Property, let's focus on there on that one first. You know, you would mentioned uh, in the past in a conversation we had that you had a couple, three great targets and then a fourth one that's developing. Uh, if you could walk us through some of those targets you'll be drilling, uh, how many meters do you expect to drill at the project this year? What's the game plan at Zacatecas Silver for 2022? Sure. So the game plan will evolve a little bit based on the success that we're having. For example, the plan was based on the technical team's assessment of the geology to get in and drill test this area north of Panuco. Now, of course, aptly named Panuco North. We, we don't have a lot of creativity in the group in terms of naming, apparently. But this area that is now being called Panuco North has really uh, provided early encouragement that we're onto something with very high grade. Now that we've had these initial results, and I mentioned 2.17 meters at 823 grams per ton silver equivalent, several hundred grams in a follow-up hole. Now that we are on to something at Panuco North, we're going to continue to chase that down. The drill rig is turning there around the clock right now. We're running two shifts every day on this drill rig, and we're starting to develop some real strike. So we'll continue to drill at Panuco North until we fully understand the system. And right now, we're hitting mineralization very consistently on all of these holes, or most of these holes, and more assays are imminent. So the drill plan at this point is to really focus on following up this high-grade silver discovery. At the same time, we've had field crews out doing basic geological mapping work, testing work, sampling, etc., and we've identified numerous other targets on the project, and it's a big uh, project area. One of those targets, for example, is the extension of the famous Veta Grande vein onto our project. Veta Grande, on a regional basis, is reported historically to have produced some 200 million ounces of silver. We've now chased that vein system onto our property 
it's relatively untested on our property and we'll be following that up with drilling. We've also identified a, a big breccia target on the property. So there are numerous regional targets that we'll test. Right now, the drill rig is focused on following up the high-grade silver discovery at Panuco North. All right, so the exploration aspect, they're already with the initial resource at Zacatecas, but then, as you mentioned, the Esperanza Gold Project, this adds a development stage to the company, and this was acquired from Alamos Gold. You mentioned that Alamos is now or will be the largest shareholder of Zacatecas Silver. Can you take us through the stages of payments here? Because it really does show that when this project moves closer to production, that's when some of these payments come due. So take us through this overall acquisition here of this Esperanza project, please. Absolutely. So our team and team members have had a really good track record at transacting on divestitures from large gold companies. Probably the most well-known transaction that we did was acquiring K92 from Barrett Gold, which of course became K92 Mining. And K92 has grown from being a micro-cap situation to now having an approximate $2 billion market cap on the back of the K92 asset. And as some of your listeners will know, I was a co-founder at K92, I was former president of K92, and I was president from inception up through to cash flow positive operations and commercial production. John Lewins, the current CEO of K92, is on the Zacatecas board. Last week, we appointed Nancy LeCouve, K92's corporate secretary, onto the Zacatecas board. So we have a good history amongst team members at transacting with majors on divestitures, focusing on the project, and turning that into very significant wins for shareholders. The big difference between the transaction we did with Barrick when we acquired Canantu and this transaction we've just recently engaged Alamos on is that Alamos decided to stay with the upside of the project. So whereas Barrick divested and walked away from Canantu, which is now a $2 billion entity, Alamos, based on their belief in Esperanza, has become our largest shareholder. That's the big difference between the two transactions. In terms of similarity, the overall purchase price, relatively similar and in the same ballpark, and the structure of payments in both cases came with fairly heavily back-end payments, triggers in our control, triggers related to the move towards production, commercial production. And because of this, we have a lot of runway. We can really get in and move, push Esperanza towards production, and we start to trigger the majority of the payments as we're getting various permits in place, making construction decisions, et cetera. So the deal is back-end loaded, triggers in our control. The overall purchase price is in the range of $60 million dollars, but the next consideration is down the road at a very advanced stage. And one of the things that was most attractive to us in this project is it's got a big high-grade oxide resource at surface. 
we're treating everything as historical. We're treating everything as unverified. But as people have mentioned, there was a PEA done on the project in the past that contemplated just over 100,000 ounces per year of gold production coming in with an all-in sustaining cost of approximately $750 an ounce. Again, historical in nature now, but one of our first tasks is to update the resource, update this economic study, etc. And it was very much the same mindset as when we acquired Canantu for K92. We're big believers in gold, we're bullish on the price of gold, but in case we're wrong, in case that bull thesis takes longer to unfold than we expect, we really want to target high margin projects. And everybody out there that's followed K92 knows that that's a very high margin project. It can print free cash flow even if gold pulls back in a big way. I don't think gold's going to pull back in a big way, but if it does, that project can withstand the pullback. We've got what we think is the potential to be a similar situation here. We're targeting not only high-grade gold at Esperanza, but also very high-margin production, a project that conceivably, and again, we've got to do more work on the economics to bring this current, but conceivably can be a very profitable operation at $900 gold, $1,000 gold, $1,200 gold. Now, of course, being a gold bull, I think we're in for $2,000 plus gold, and the project just looks better and better. But we like to target these high, high margin projects that give us a lot of buffer in case that gold thesis takes longer to play out. Brian, that makes a lot of sense, and it's a defensive play as much as it is an offensive play because you have such good margins, and it is such a high-grade, high-return mine that could be built there. One other question I just have for you on Esperanza is, what is the general lay of the land on the work program here this year? Because if I remember correctly, Alamos already drilled 70,000 meters, and you have that to go off of that helped build this resource. So I'd love you to touch on those points of what you'll be working on this year at Esperanza. Sure. So in the past, there's various drilling done by operators that accounted for approximately 70,000 meters of drilling at Esperanza, as you mentioned. There was also work done on metallurgy. There was work done in terms of engineering assessment, etc. And the reason that's such a big benefit for us as Zacatecas is that a lot of the costly work has been done. Now, there was a resource here in the past, 98% of the resource was in the MNI category historically. So do we have to go in there and do a lot of drilling, a lot of infill drilling to get confidence in the resource? We, we don't think so. We don't think that's gonna be the case. It was already at that category historically. So 70,000 meters, hundreds of holes have been complete. Metallurgical work has been complete. Engineering studies have, have been completed. So what do we do over the next year? Well, the next step in the path towards production is the filing of an EIA. And the last piece of the puzzle in terms of input data needed there was geotechnical drilling. That's just being wrapped up. So the capital intensive work, the site work, has been largely done. 
So over the next year, we'll be moving this on the path towards production. At the same time, with that type of resource that's there, if that holds together as we make it a current resource, well, you've got several years of mine life ahead of you in that case in an M&I category. So you don't need to do a lot of expansion of the resource out of the gate, but our technical team believes there's the opportunity near deposit to expand that resource. So we will be focused on that. At the same time, there are some undrilled or very underdrilled exploration targets within this land package. And we'll get out there this year and start testing those. So you'll see some drilling, you'll see the EIA being filed, and you'll see movement in terms of this path towards production. Now, putting my capital markets hat on and and, and not talking fundamentally for a second, I really like this Zacatecas situation as a capital markets guy because we're going to have a lot of very high-impact, pure exploration drilling on our silver project at Zacatecas. At the same time, we'll have a lot of news flow as we advance Esperanza towards production. So really, it's a nice double header going on here. Advanced stage gold marching towards production, and at the same time, high-impact exploration drilling going on at Zacatecas and soon at Esperanza. So there'll be a lot of news flow coming up here. All right. So it sounds like a lot of work and on two fronts, right? Kind of the development stage stuff, as well as true exploration and building off of a resource, a silver resource. Let's talk cash in the bank then, because this is going to cost some money to move both of these projects forward. The company did just raise a little over $19 million. So how much then is in the bank? And what do you think the general spend is going to be this year? Sure. So we launched the financing on the back of the Esperanza transaction that was announced. We launched a financing at $15 million. Immediately, we upsized it due to strong demand to $18 million. And then immediately thereafter, closed it on an oversubscribed basis with the total financing being approximately $19.15 million. And that has now closed. What was interesting as we've chatted about is that that financing was taken up by some great precious metals funds, some specialist institutions in the metals space, and mining executives, including geologists and engineers from a few of the big gold mining companies out there. Very few generalists in the book, and I think that anecdotally, that bodes well for all of us in the sector. The generalists are just underweight or they're non-existent in the space. And it also speaks volumes about the project, the guys in the industry, the people in the industry that know the project, you know, participated a very strong way in this book. And of course, we were able to oversubscribe it immediately, which was nice to see. It was a great validation of the technical aspects of this project. Over the course of the next 12 months, we're not overly capital intensive at Esperanza because this push towards production normally entails a lot of drilling, etc. But here, the 70,000 meters of drilling is done. Hundreds of holes are complete. 
geotechnical drilling has just wrapped up. So we've got the input data to file the EIA and continue to march along the permitting process. So we're in really good shape there where we can get a lot of fundamental progress, a lot of resultant news flow from that fundamental progress without a whole lot of capital intensity. So it's a great situation at Esperanza. At Zacatecas, look, we've got a drill plan right now that's evolving and it's evolving based on the success that we're having at the Panuco North Discovery. There are going to be more assays out there imminently. We're waiting on some assays. We're, we're hoping to have these assays in the next 10 to 15 days. And if Panuco North keeps holding together like we think it has the potential to do, and we're into this high-grade silver discovery that looks to be expanding, well, then we're going to increase the drill pace there. Right now, based on the financing that we've just completed, this $19 million plus financing, we can operate at this pace for the next three to four years. However, we want to increase the pace of this. We've got one drill rig turning at the Panuco North Discovery right now. We'll likely go up to two and possibly three rigs on the property in relatively short order because as much as we're having some great success at Panuco North, we want to start to hit some of these other exploration targets as well. So all in all, I would see a, a, a spend that will evolve over time and get larger, but status quo, we've got three to four years of working capital here. Okay, Brian, thank you for this update and this introduction to the company. That recent acquisition of the Esperanza Gold property definitely transformational and adds a whole different aspect to the company. Plus, hey, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of work on tap for this year. So, Brian, keep us up to date on future news. And anybody, if you have follow-up questions for Brian regarding any of the work going on at Zacatecas Silver, please email us either fleck at kereport.com or chat at kereport.com. Brian, thanks again for your time and keep us up to date on news. Thanks so much. Will do.